Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Jen. Good afternoon, Michael. Almost feels like good night, given how dark it is. It's so funny. And I was just thinking, well, it kind of is for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. It is amazing. Yeah, a lot more so than What's before. It? A lot more so than before. I, I was just looking at that. Yeah, it's funny. It's really, it's such an invitation to to quiet and to to be still and to, you know, I mean, all of nature kind of, you know, what are hibernating and that sort of thing. So it's a lovely, it's lovely in many ways. Yes, yes, it is. And I have an announcement here. Okay, great. It is our tradition to end one year how we hope to be for the coming year. So mark your calendars for our second annual virtual New Year's retreat with Sangha, Saturday, December 31 to Monday, January 2nd. Registration details are coming soon. How good is that? That's exciting. Very fun. <laughs> very, very fun. Yeah. And a few reminders. If you'd like to talk with Jen tonight, please press star six and then one to make a show and get in the queue and a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Jen, I think we are ready here. All right. First caller, you are now live on the air and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Sri Devi from Philadelphia. Hi, Sri Devi. Hey, Sri Devi. Hey. Oh, my God, this is exciting for so many reasons, but predominantly because this is the first time I have not rehearsed <laughs> prior to calling Oh, in. yay. That is a lot to celebrate, isn't it? That, that is a lot. <laughs> I was so intentional to, like, just be present. Um, I uh, had an idea of what I wanted to talk about, but I had not gone sure. back to the idea. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and that's so perfect. Yes, but please go ahead. You actually, oh, no, 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 go uh -huh. ahead. Please go ahead. Please go ahead. I was just going to underline it. I mean, that's so exactly it, right? If something drops in, and then there's that, great, okay, and when I'm unmuted, I'll talk about that, whatever is there to talk about with that in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm already having a lot of fun, <laughs> so that's mm. great. Um, so I wanted to actually um, talk a little bit about what I saw with my process map from the process map workshop. Um, because Excellent. I saw something really interesting and it brought up a lot of curiosity and something I that had never entered into my consideration. And so mm -hmm. I was doing a process around um, something that happens a lot, which is essentially some behavior or some action or something comes up, a thought. Um, generally, actually, it shows up for me as um, an image or I hear something. And um, immediately at some point in the process, like the first real place to go to is, is I don't like feeling this way. And mm. I want to feel either good or happy or better. And so then there's a mm. behavior that follows that, you know, and a mm -hmm. lot of back and forth. Well, you know, and generally it's around, you know, be it alcohol or food or mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. television, mm -hmm. right? The big three. Sure, <laughs> and so, sure, sure. Um, and as I, I was, was just going to clarify, Sri Davy. So the when you say there's a behavior there, in other words, to get so you want to feel better, you want to feel happy, you want to feel different yeah. than you feel now. So then the behavior is a movement to try to get away from that, not feeling that way, and feel how I want to feel. So it's saying the alcohol, the TV, or, the yeah. whatever. It is. Yeah, because conditioning uh -huh. comes in and uh -huh. says, here are the things that are going to make you feel better, right? Uh, and um, yeah. and what I saw, and you know, and then I go through the cycle of you know, no, I'm not going to do it. Yes, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it. not do it. And then eventually I do it. And then the, mm -hmm. okay, I'll be perfect, and I won't do it next sure. time. And I used yeah. to get really towards the end of the cycle was the perfect, and I thought it was a ego process around perfection. Um, mm. And in the workshop this past weekend, what I feel like I really saw was I think the ego process is actually around inadequacy. Or um, from mm. the perspective of that, there's, there's a belief or something around like I can't handle whatever I'm feeling or whatever is showing up or maybe whatever aspect uh -huh. has gotten triggered. 
And that because uh-huh. I can't handle feeling this way, I have to change the way I feel or numb yep. myself or go unconscious. And I've never yep. seen it as a process of adequacy. Wow. And what was really powerful was going, you know, really going looking at, you know, really the experience I've had in my life is I am adequate because, you know, I've, I, I, I've survived all of it so far. <laughs> so, you know, it shows yeah. that there is something around that. But it was a really wonderful place of going, oh, I had never seen that before. I had never thought that this wow. may have been about that. That is so huge, Rudy. It's so huge. So, yeah, because every time we do that, we go to the essentially the coping behavior, right? It really does reinforce that belief, doesn't it? Well, I can't handle it. This is I have to do this thing to make me feel better. And so what you saw was, oh, my gosh, the, that's all based on this premise that you're not adequate to whatever that feeling is, that experience that's coming up. And it sounds like in seeing that, what opened up for you was to question that original premise. Is that true, that I'm not adequate to this? Can I just be with this? Yeah, and I've been able to see over the last two or three weeks, um, no, actually so many things have come up, and I've seen that, and I have seen my adequacy, and it's the campaign from conditioning that, of course, understandably, because <laughs> that's what it does, is trying to get me to believe that I'm not. And, it's, and I think that what I see about that campaign is, and this is part of that training of that meditation place, of sitting meditation, is to sit through the energy that's created that's by all of the thought. That is like, because so much of, um, so one of the things that I really got to see recently or in the last two months was that the energy isn't me, that I don't have to take it personally. And so, yes. and so if it's not me and I don't have to do anything about it, it doesn't mean anything about anything, it's just there, then there's no reason for me to have any other experience than adequacy. That's completely. Exactly so. Yes. And, and that having that insight is so powerful because it actually gives you a way to work with it, doesn't it? That, that the whole, you know, so we're pushed around that, essentially that battering cycle, right? So we, we're trying really hard, you know, but back and forth, back and forth, we eventually do the thing, we give in, we do the thing, and then the only thing that's available to us is to try to be, okay, next time I'm not going to do it, but it never actually ever addresses that original thing that you saw underneath it, which is that you're not adequate to it, the belief that you're not adequate to it. And then in seeing that, what you saw was, well, that's the same thing as sitting meditation. It's just a matter of training to sit with it and to prove to, to yourself that you actually can, which is why I project, you know, Sherry says all the time, it's not about the alcohol, it's not about the TV, it's not about, you know, it's not that all those things are wrong and terrible, the reason we're training not to go to those things is for exactly what you're describing because if we keep doing that, then we never get to question that original premise. We never get to see we're profoundly adequate to our lives. Yeah, yeah. So that was just, it was so brilliant to see that. I've never seen that <laughs> before and it was so <laughs> wonderful. And I think the next area of exploration that I kind of wanted to just check in on related to that is something I'm seeing around a belief about what I need to feel like, because there's another level of that. There's like obviously something around like, and that feel like, um, I was looking at this around like um, eating, right? Like I'll have a meal Uh and I know I'm, Uh I know I've eaten well. And I just watched, there's like a story from conditioning that comes in. That's like that, like almost like that wasn't satisfying. You need to eat, you know, dot, dot, dot. Because however you're feeling right now isn't satisfying. And I was like, well, what is the feeling of satisfaction? Like, just also unpacking that all of the yes. ideas of what satisfaction, what happiness, what fulfillment looks like yeah. is all through ego. So I don't know that yeah. I have any real experience of going, well, what, what is satisfaction? So that's, so that's yeah. what I just also wanted to check in about that process. About it feels like another place to look at, at that sticky note of I don't like the way that I feel. Oh, exactly. And, and that's endlessly fascinating to look at that, right? Because that's such a perfect example of it. So what's meant to happen is you finish eating and then there's sort of that vague sensation that has this whole thing attached to it, right? It's like the tip of the iceberg. All we're aware of is this vague sensation, reach for the ha-ha, right? 
But instead, because you're seeing all this, it's like the whole thing, you know, part of that process mapping exercise was um, one invitation was to look at one sticky and go deeply into it, which sounds like mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing. It's like taking the magnifying. Well, you know what I just pictured? It's like we do on technology. When you take two fingers and you can blow up, you know, a part of the screen, and that's <laughs> yeah. what you're doing, right, with the process map. You're, like, blowing it up so that you can see, okay, wait, hang on one sec. What does that mean that that wasn't satisfying? What does yeah. that, what is the sensation that actually means that? And I project that's going to be a, a really, really fascinating exploration to see, and it does the same thing that we always talk about, which is instead of you just being sort of a victim to that, you have to go eat that thing in order to, you know, satisfy. You're going to get to look at all that and see what does that even mean? What is that sensation? What's the, you know, just that exploration in it? Yeah, yeah. And I just want to say I'm just so grateful for the workshop for this year long because the spirit of fun, you know, the having fun workshop we had a month or so ago, the curiosity, the willingness, all of these conversations we've been having has really made all of this the best time for me ever. And it, and it hasn't been that for so many years. And I'm just so grateful for practice and for Sangha and for everyone to, um, to, to get to experience this in a, in a different way. Amen to that. Amen to that. To just have the space and the willingness and the, you know, the time and the sense of really giving ourselves that, you know, showing up to the workshop, showing up to the radio show, putting ourselves in the queue, those things that really give us the edge to have the attention, to be able to learn to direct the attention where we want it to be in our lives. And that's what produces that happiness that you're describing, that pro- yeah. talk about satisfaction, that profound <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Yeah, thank you, Sri Devi. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Sri Devi. And Jen, I could relate to all of that. And I especially love that piece about I can't stand this feeling. I can't stand this sensation. And just really to be present enough to say, really? (laughs) Really? Right. Because isn't it fascinating, Michael? I mean, this is my experience anyway, 99 times out of 100, that sensation, if it had a different label, there's truly nothing difficult about that sensation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's I really do. only the whole unexamined belief and conversation that goes around it. That's the only thing that's difficult about it. Yes, exactly so. And we have another caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Michael and Jen, it's Melissa in Hawaii. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Hey. So I'm working on my guilt process map, my ongoing project, and I wanted to share something that just came to me this morning about it. What I noticed with the workshops that we just did is that this mess of sticky notes I had that were 90% thoughts um, and and they were so confusing to me because I couldn't see a pattern or organize them. They just looked like a mess with very little else, very few sensations or what I would call emotions or even activity. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. it's sense as sort of, I guess the way I'm making, if I were to make sense of it, I would say that those were all thoughts masking feelings and then Mm. the feelings which I've been exploring the last few weeks have turned into like like they pass through they're each a story of their own right that like ego Mm -hmm. has thought attached to fear and anger and desperation and shame and all of that but then I got to the very bottom of one as I was watching this process happen over and over um, I realized that what what I would call the sensation at the very end of the process, or where I am now anyway, is despair. And I, mm. I thought, and it felt, you know, just like pain, kind of like pure pain. There wasn't a story with it. And it was over some little guilt thing at work that's not something that would normally cause despair. So I thought, this is just my process. And I'm looking at despair and wondering if that's 
not an emotion, if that's more like grief or a way of being that is almost love and life, if I just mm. don't attach a story to it. Mm. That's interesting. And so what's your, what have you seen so far as you look at that? Because despair is an interesting label. That's what, that's what it's being labeled. But it sounds like as you've looked at that more closely, you're wondering if that, that might be part of the story, yeah? That maybe underneath that, there's just an, ex- without that, without a label, without a story around it, what, that, what might that experience be? Well, it came as pain, like literal pain in uh-huh. my body. And then I labeled okay. it just because I didn't know what else to call it. I, f- I very rarely... I very rarely feel it, and when I do, I'm not very, usually very um, competent to it. Like, usually, I will have been gone through the ringer so many times with being identified with ego that I'll have had so many thoughts and so much fear and so much shame that by the time I get to despair, I just want to die. But this time, mm-hmm. because I was mapping it and watching it, mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see Despair rise up and it rose up. I mean, I'm calling it despair, whatever it is. It rose up as pain right. in the body. And I thought, that's different. That's not a feeling. That's just pain. And then it passed, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And so, Melissa, if you, I'm not sure how to ask this. If you had a, what's your sense of where the question is coming from? Like, if you had an answer to that, what how would that assist? What would that, where would that get you? Um, the, I'm, I'm sort of having just curiosity about what is this pain thing? Uh-huh. Like, what is so this you, pain yeah. thing that I barely uh-huh. know? I don't know. I don't know what, what is, it is. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that might be a place like we were just looking at in the last call, right? Yeah. So I can't tell if this is what you're describing, but it can be really amazing when there's this experience. It sounds like this isn't a, the first time you've had this experience. You're familiar with this experience, but it's just that if I'm tracking what you're saying, you're seeing it in this other way. Like, wow, this has always been, you know, had these certain labels and certain things, but but I'm realizing I'm not really sure what this is all about. Yeah. Oh, definitely that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this is a piece of what you're pointing at, but that can be a really powerful place for us in our practice to, to realize there's an experience that on one level it's so familiar, but it tends to be familiar because we have, such a well-worn sort of groove and story around it and I, you know, kind of like Sri Devi was just talking about, you know, yeah I mean, okay, this happens and this happens and now, you know, now I have to either eat or watch TV or whatever but to suddenly have things open up and realize wow, this thing that I'm on one level so familiar with, I actually know very little about like, we very rarely have the direct experience of it because we're usually so, as you say, we're so in that like bombardment of thoughts about it and swirling around and the, that we very seldom have a direct experience of something. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. I have no idea what to make of it or what it is, but I think it's sort of a new end point for this process or a new way of getting to this point anyway. Yeah, and, and part of it, and you may not need to, I, I wish you could, I could remember exactly what you just said because it's so perfect, but hopefully, listen back to the recording. You know, we may not need to know what it is. We might not need to make sense of it. We might, may not need to know anything about it in that sense. Yeah. But just to be with it and in a sense, let it inform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I feel like that's how I got to this. I was sort mm-hmm. of seen with all of the other things and watching them without 
letting thoughts pull me out of yeah. the experience. And then I got to this one and I was like, wow, this is a yeah. different way of being in despair or whatever, being in pain. Yeah. Or, or it could even be interesting, you know, if you really want to get crazy, to not give it any label. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of, again, kind of like that, that first conversation of just, what would it be like to just literally just sit down and just be with that experience? Yeah, I did sit with it, and it just went away very quickly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like all of the stories and all of the things I'd call feelings, and then that pain all just went away, and none of it was affecting me anymore. Yeah, there's like it's like there's nothing there to maintain it. It needs our attention in order to be maintained. Yes. The story need yeah. Yes, I could even see I could even see after I passed through it all and didn't really have much attachment to any of it anymore, I could see yeah. the ego trying to come up with thoughts that would pull me back into it, but it just didn't have well, exactly. work because it's too new. Yes. Yes. Oh, exactly. Uh, but you know it will. <laughs> yeah. It will find some way to pull you back in. And, you know, it's funny, Melissa, because in some senses, for a lot of us, because we're such sincere, sincere practitioners, the way it can pull us back in is to get us to think about it. Oh, no, that's really interesting. Now, is that, do you think that goes with this part of the process, or was that, I mean, is it despair, or is it, I don't know if that's a... <laughs> Fair right? enough. That's its, that's its only option at some point. It's to yeah. try to like, you know, just kind of practice with us. Just get us over in a little practice, quote, practice conversation around it. Yeah. When really, what, what you prove to yourself, I mean, that's incredibly powerful that you saw it because, as you say, you were practicing not identifying with the stories. So you just, it sounds like you did have the direct experience of it, you, and you sat with it, and it passed right through. I mean, right there in that moment, that's all the practice any of us ever needs. I mean, that's it right there. Suffering has ended in that moment. Now, you know, it doesn't, it's not always that easy for us. We tend to get hooked much, much more easily than that. But that's all that's needed. We don't need to understand it. We don't need to look at, you know, where it fits in the whole big picture. I mean, the only reason we process map is so that we can have the moments that you just described, so that we can get that distance and be able to just be with it and not be in the story of it. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> it seems like a weirdly anticlimactic ending to this year of freaking out about guilt. <laughs> you mean, wow, I, I actually don't need to entertain any of it at all. Is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that. That's a perfect, because ego is drama, right? I mean, this is huge karma and, you got to really work on this and, you know, probably feel guilty that you've had this guilt karma forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. Do something really <laughs> hard. But you realize, oh, I can just let it all go. It's all a complete story. I mean, you know, the thing that's great about it is that chances are very good it's not going to let you walk off into the sunset. Not because you can't. You absolutely could. If you never looked back at it another moment, that's it. It's gone. But we tend not to, you know, because those are well-worn groups. So chances yeah, are good yeah. that, you know, you'll have an opportunity. It'll cycle back around and you'll get to pull out your process map and see more about it and practice disidentifying from it. But it absolutely is that simple, isn't it? Oh, I like that. And now I have this experience of what it's like to just be with each piece until it evaporates. Exactly. You know, and even something like, you know, right wherever on your wall, hey, open air on whatever we're in. Was it November 22nd or 23rd or something? Um, you know, so the next time it feels real, you can listen back to yourself on the show and remember what it felt like when you realized it isn't real and it is that simple. You can just walk away. Oh, I like that. Yes, I think I'll record this so it's handy. Yeah, perfect. Ah, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. Thanks for calling in and giving us the update. And it's such a commercial. 
for to, you know, I love the way you started. All right, I'm still I'm working on my guilt workshop because that's what we do. We just keep at it until we see what we need to see. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a relief in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, relief and it's it a is. joy. It's nice to be free of this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yep. Great. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. And Jen, what was dropping in for me during that conversation was, uh, you know, in Sherry's uh, collection of short essays, I think it was Trying to Be Human, and there's one other And I think one of them had a little description about a putting together a tapestry of insights. Oh, yeah, the, the patchwork quilt. Yeah. yeah, the short quilt of insights. And, oh, yeah, and this one relates to this one. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I can see how this goes together with that. And and I think the bottom line is that all of that is unnecessary and really <laughs> doesn't get me anywhere. And uh, we just dropped it all and dropped all the labels. And Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it. it can be so enticing, can't it? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to put this together and put that together, and then and then uh, pretty soon I'm going to be free. <laughs> and then realizing, or <laughs> like, I could just be free. <laughs> yeah, like right now. Yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Good. And, Jen, we're going to go to good news updates. And oh, yeah. our guest is now live, and so I'll turn it over to you for that. Okay, very good. Welcome to Good News Updates, and I'm pleased to be joined by Todd, who is here to speak with us about his experience of conscious spending. Welcome, Todd. Thank you, Jen. Happy to be here. I'm so excited about this topic, and we <laughs> thought this would be the perfect time of year <laughs> to yeah, talk about for it. Sure. Yeah, So, so Todd, I know from hearing you talk about it that it's kind of been a, an evolution for you of really looking at... Um, you know, spending, and I, I don't want to frame it in any particular way. So maybe you could just talk about kind of your experience of how you've practiced with that over quite a long time. Yeah, it, it ties in with the year-long retreat, and and I I, I find um, that the assignments, the weekly assignments, really um, offer guidance to explore things deeper and to record and listen about mm-hmm. them. And that's what brought me to a lot of these insights about conscious spending was uh, renunciation and and the guide often says, and I've heard this for a long time, and it's been a quan for a while, is um, we, we don't have to uh, give anything up in practice. Things just drop away. Yeah. And, and I've always been really um, curious about what that process is. And then um, during the, I think it was last week, the renunciation, it asked us, if we uh, make a recording and, and look at areas of our life that we've seen transformation and we experienced, um, like you said, um, kind of gone through a, a process where um, things have dropped away by way of practice. And, and I really noticed it. A big area in my life was in conscious spending. And the, the biggest piece was um, that... Todd, you blipped that, out for me for just a oh, minute on a okay. key part. Um, you say those last couple of sentences, the big area that you saw in terms of the renunciation was? Was, was in conscious spending. And it was in conscious spending. Uh-huh. Right. And, and the, the process was, for most of my life, before practice and maybe well into practice, um, there was this conditioned uh, desire and pull to buy, to be part of society. I was a consumer. Uh, and I needed things to be brand name, and I needed things to be brand new, forever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I'm pretty, pretty sure well. you're not alone in that time. Right. I'm, yeah. And and then through practice, as I was doing my recording, I noticed probably, I would say solidly in the last five years, I don't think mm-hmm. I've bought anything brand new. And wow. I've got the four R's that I noticed on my recording is is a reuse, reduce, mm-hmm. recycle, and repurpose. And probably one of my favorite is repurpose. Is, and then I hear a lot about that, and I've noticed that. And a lot of, um, I think a lot of it came with my monastic training, and a lot of it came as being a visiting monk. Oh. And seeing through all that working meditation and all the, the tasks we did at the monastery, there was so much recycling and so much repurposing and, yeah. and, and yeah. reusing 
and, and, and really conscious, compassionate awareness of resources hugely made an impression on me. You know, I love that you started out, Todd, with the piece of that what Sherry talks about. We're never let anything go. Sorry, yeah. never give anything up, but yeah. letting go. And I and I love that you said that that was a colon for you for a while. That there was sort of a sense of like, huh, I'm not really sure I understand that. Yeah. And that the whole thing has not been about sort of back to our first conversation this evening buckling down and making yourself be the good, right, perfect person right. and being in deprivation, but yes. rather letting yourself have the exploration and almost, I mean, the way you describe it as being part of the recent year-long is turning in the recorder and almost like realizing, wow, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> this has really changed, and it's been a while. Like, I mean, I think you said five years. Yeah. You haven't yeah. bought something new. So, And that evolution of how compassionate that is to allow yourself to go through that process and arrive at this place that, I mean, you haven't talked about this part yet, but I'm guessing feels really good to be doing that. It feels really, really good. Um, there's so many aspects to it, but probably the biggest aspect of it is, is um, and not being a good right person, but being a conscious steward of the planet. That's way different than being a good right person. And it's, it, it's it feels so good to be a conscious uh, steward of the planet's resources. And, and, and I always get kind of ribbed around where I am because we're just surrounded by water. We're surrounded by lakes mm-hmm. and streams mm-hmm. and springs and re, you know, reservoirs. And, and we've never really even been in a serious drought. And, and I'm always looking at water conservation. And people say, but, you know, we've got so much water. And I said, yeah, but it's, it, it's a, it, we're in a biosphere. <laughs> We'd never know when the next 20-year drought is going to happen, or we don't know our water use is going to affect our neighbors south or our neighbors north or across the ocean. So, uh, so I'm always and, – and that is through practice that it brought me to that place. And, and, and just in this week's uh, receiving and, – and like you talked about deprivation, not only has this um, evolution not caused deprivation, it's actually caused more abundance, <laughs> you know. Say more about that. How yeah. does that, how well, does that go together, Todd? <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've discovered is I follow life guidance. So um, all of a sudden, I just uh, it'll drop in like, oh, um, you know, um, uh, you know, our slippers are, are worn out, our indoor shoes, because you know, we've got the outdoor shoes, the indoor shoes, and and I know that yeah. my slippers have I've literally worn them out. And of course, I can yeah. drop down at Walmart or I can go down to Canadian Tire or wherever, and I can get them brand new. And, 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 yeah. and, and but life drops in, well, you know, let's uh, check the thrift stores. And, and that's been my life's guidance for the last five years where something like my microwave broke. And first I tried to repair it. That wasn't possible, but I was able to recycle it. And then it dropped, life's guidance dropped in. Well, let's check the, the online classified ads. And, and I found it there. So, uh, and we've got a really nice network. You found your now. slippers in the online classified ads? I, no, I didn't. I actually found my microwave on the online classified ad. Oh, your microwave. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had a, yeah, I it was it. fabulous because it was about one-tenth of the price of a new one. It, the person had it five years, and they're good to about ten. He bought a new one. Oh. He, wanted, he didn't want to recycle it or throw it in the garbage. It yeah. was almost right. brand new. He probably used it once a month, it seems. And, and, and then I, I met a really wow. nice person, and it was interesting. Invited him in for tea, yeah. and it was during the pandemic, so we're, you know, 20 feet apart with our mask. But you know, it was really interesting because, you know, here's a new friend and, and uh, yeah. you know, so, and then. Uh, and both of you feel good because you've done, yeah. you've done this amazing thing, right. right? You haven't bought a whole other thing that's, you yeah. know, the old one's going to go in the landfill when it was perfectly good. And, right. the, yeah. 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 And then the, the slipper thing was we've got about a nice network of thrift stores. I was talking about this on the morning show and we have about five of them and, um, they're all for charities, and they're staffed by volunteers, and I think there's some paid positions, which makes me feel good that I go in and I purchase things, and I'm able to support someone's uh, occupation. Yeah. And, and, we, and it's just beautiful network of these thrift stores, and I know that when I go in there, I'm not only probably paying 5 or $0.10 cents on the dollar for the item, and I never say it's used. I would say it's previously enjoyed. But it's, as I was saying on the morning show, it's a little treasure hunt. And I get to go in and, you know, do a little And the other day, I, by my fourth store, they had a beautiful selection of shoes. And there was just these gorgeous, big pair of fluffy slippers that look brand new. And like I said, you oh. know, 10 cents on the dollar. And they're my size. 
and and here after the full store and, and 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 then the biggest process I noticed about that was the conditioned initially the conditioned response of buying is 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 urgency I need to get it right away but yes. with conscious spending if I'm patient and I listen for life guidance and I take a little bit of time and do a little bit of searching and a little treasure hunting I've always found that's where I've noticed this abundance is I've abundance, always yeah. found the item I'm looking for uh, yeah. Whenever I'm I'm being guided by life to find it. Yeah, that is so my experience as well, Todd. I yeah. love the patience piece too, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like the um, you know, we talk about that. As when will use that term, park it in awareness. So there's yeah. that thing that you know I, I really I could use a new pair of slippers. Great, park yeah. it in awareness. Yeah. And so as I go around doing my errands, I stop right. and look, and you know life is going to give that pair of slippers that's yeah. in Todd's size and just the one yeah. they need and the right. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. was so fun, and I know we're at time, is the first time I went into that store, they, they didn't have them. But, you know, and I went around and they didn't have them, but I was just patient, and I, and I actually got some glue, and I re- semi-repaired my old slippers to get me, you know, till life dropped in the new pair. But the second time I dropped in that store, and I thought, well, I'll just recheck, and they had just restocked the shelves, and there they were, previously enjoyed. And go. I thought the first person who had bought them, I have no idea, but uh, again, I was just like, wow, that is really a fun experience. It is so fun, and it's such a, it's a process. The whole yeah. thing is a process. Right. Right? It's yeah. a how. And one of the reasons we thought it would be so fun to look at it now is, of course, you know, this is a time of year that historically people purchase things for one another or do yeah. things for one another or, you know, it's, it's culturally it's what we do. Yeah. And it's so fun and it's starting to crop up. I know it's been a little, um, a little revolution in my family that people are starting to talk about, well, are there creative ways? That yeah. we can, you know, yeah. still, because a lot of people really enjoy that. I mean, it is a lovely process to think about someone that you love and what in mm-hmm. particular would they love and, you yeah. know, how might I want to, you know. And But what we tend to do is, okay, well, you know, go online and huh, huh or go to the whatever and da, da. But are there creative, fun ways that we can go to the thrift store or, you know, yeah. other ways to do that? That, yes. that invite that. And then and not only is it a not from a place of deprivation, like, well, I'm a bad person if I buy it at the you know, new at the haha, but yeah. it does become that treasure hunt that, treasure hunt that you're talking about and that place of the abundance that it actually invites us to. It's the opposite yeah. of deprivation. Right? Yeah. Can I just quickly yeah. add a really creative way that Please. I've done done over the years and as people gotten to know me and all my family and friends know this by now is I always say to people, if you want to get me a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, it can't be bought mm-hmm. store. It can't be store bought. It can't be brand new. You can get it at a thrift store if you think about it, or you can re-gift anything in your house, or you can just give me a lovely card. I'll be just as thrilled. And I've never gotten a new gift in the last five years either because I've, uh, I've told people about that as a, as a wish, and they've all honored it. And they've all honored it. And, I've gotten, such, and I've gotten some beautiful gifts, and I know they've been re-gifted. Like they, they received it, but they didn't have any use for it, and they passed on to me. And, and I was just, just over the moon, and they were over the moon that they, were, they, they, you know, they could repurpose it. Such a win-win. It is such yeah. a win-win. So there's a Again, if we, and we all start to shift that way. And, I mean, essentially, you know, you're being a, a model, an example, mm. because you want to. Right, not mm-hmm. because you're trying to or right, teach right. anyone a lesson, but but no, no. there, that's a perfect example. They yeah. have a beautiful thing. They were given, you know, it was given yeah. to them. They don't have yeah. use for it. Oh my gosh, yeah. here's a perfect person to give it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's happened to me many, many times. So thank you, Jen. I I know we're at time, and uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to share my uh, uh, conscious spending uh, process. Thanks for being with us, Todd. So lovely. Go happy. All right. Good night. Go happy. All right, Jen, I'll take that as my cue. And I, um, I loved that conversation. And what I noticed is that the process seemed really gentle over the five years, thanks That's to practice. I love it, too. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing yeah. is that it, it wasn't, I'm going to self-hate my way to being the right person through deprivation. You know, not at all. It's Never going to work. Never right. going to work. Yes. It's the whole thing that we always say. One process does not lead to another. Yes. So what, did, what do you hear in what Todd was describing? Enjoyment, 
adventure, patience, love, all those things. You know, you're doing it because you want to do it, because it's fun to do it, because you love the planet, you love, you know, all those things. So then it just grows that way, and we want to do that. It's never going to work to do a process of deprivation. Yes, yes, amen to that. And we have another caller here. All right, great. Next caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael and Janet. It's Janice and Victoria. Hi, Janice. Hey, Janice. Hi, it's it's dark here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could, oh, boy, I could just go off with that last call, and I'm just smiling, mm. especially repurposing. Yeah. Boy, does that give me great joy. Isn't it fun? It's so oh, fun to yeah. see what life drops in as a use for, you know, or who could use this or what would be the best. Yeah. Oh, you know, sorry, Janice, to do this, but I just thought of one other thing about it, that um, there are these groups cropping up called buy nothing groups in various towns where you can act, people do, you know, like the microwave thing. I don't have a use for my microwave anymore and they'll post it on that thing and Someone else can reuse the microwave. So anyway, yes, there's a million ways to repurpose <laughs> oh, things. So good. I mean, yeah, it's that, that does lead to um, just such a spirit of fun. And sometimes I'll have something um, that I had given somebody. Uh, my daughter had used it for a long time. They were moving. It's a, it's a leather chair and footstool, and it's, it's wood. And, and, uh, mm. and they were going to kind of just... Um, put it out there somewhere. They didn't have time uh-huh. to sort it. And I, I felt like I was rescuing it back. I don't really uh-huh. need it, but it's like uh-huh. I'm waiting for the person who wants to just yeah. re, re-stain the wood, clean up the leather. And, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, yeah I, that's the patience, right? I, I you're, just, you're the foster mother, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, yeah. What I really wanted to say was um, in this in this week a year long retreat about uh, receiving receptivity, um, mm-hmm. get, hearing tonight the invitation to be able to do the New Year's retreat again, um, mm-hmm. that for the for the second year of you know mm-hmm. being able to do it within our own home space, it's I'm thrilled. So the you know, obviously for me, if there's a yes right away. And yeah. the second part of it is that that really was going to be my first thing because I didn't know about the New Year's, was getting the invitation to say Summer with Sangha. Mm. And Isn't that fun? So fun, Jen. And I don't know if there's more you might just say because there could be listeners that, may not be I I think I'm guessing it was sent out to anybody who kind of signed up for information from the yes, I think it went to the whole the whole mailing list but you're you're absolutely right there could be people who are not on our mailing list on our email list so if you're not you can go to um, living com- information at livingcompassion.org send us an email to get on the list and um, I'm just trying to think if that you're right, that Summer of Sangha email that went out, I don't know if it's posted on the website, but essentially it was shared Sangha, we want you to come to swim this summer. And so, you know, we won't be able to accommodate folks because we don't have a physical, um, you know, monastery accommodations like we used to in Murphy's, at least not now. Um, but, you know, it's beautiful in swim. Well, it's beautiful in swim, period. We don't need to say anything else about that but in the summer you know long long days the opposite of what we've got right now right we were talking about the darkness at the the start of the show long beautiful days not too hot just the weather's picture perfect and those four acres that we're just starting to work on are just as lovely as they could be so it's an invitation to Sangha to come and and be with us in whatever way folks can and so email and let us know how long you can be here, um, you know, 
what your what your dates are, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So so I did a little trip up a little bit up our our big island, Vancouver Island. That gave me the courage to know that yes, I can travel again. I can see yeah. where I'm going and I can get there. And because I'm just across the water, I I right, thought this is doable. And so yeah. in the, from getting that email, which was probably maybe maybe it came out around Friday, Thursday, Friday. I I was just lit up. And mm. yeah, and I told somebody I know, um, a younger friend here about this possibility because she knows that I am on the year-long retreat and I do all these things all the time. You know, it's just my life. And she said, well, uh, if accommodation is hard to find or it gets booked up because there's this festival that's going on. It's the Lavender Festival at that time of year. Um, have you ever looked at, you know, the site that has accommodation? And I said, oh, no, I've never done that. So we just kind of looked. And mm. there actually wasn't, you know, tons available either. Um, oh. But I saw something. And I thought, now that is going to be quiet enough. I can cook my little gluten-free food or whatever I need. Um, and I can park. You know, I'm not going to be on street parking and worrying about it if a big festival is going on. And I actually, it took me two days to kind of join whatever the thing is and to try and sign up. And by yesterday, the third day, I managed to... Because you know me, I'm a little bit technically like a dinosaur, but I paid to be there for all of July. For you. And for you, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know Squim, but I figure I can have a few days at the beginning to find my way around. I don't even know where the four acres is, or what the address is, or how close I am, but I just said, I saw that's what I want, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, and you know, what's so fun about it is that as you're describing it, it's like people always say, I mean, one of the things people often say when they come on retreat is, oh, the retreat started way before I actually got to the retreat. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. The retreat, right? The retreat starts yeah. with everything you're describing. Every single part of it is part of your practice. You see so much in all of it. I I I so do. And my friend actually said um, something like, "Well, actually, July's a long way away. You know, maybe this accommodation will be here, and you know, you can you can think about it." <laughs> I don't know. I don't need to think about it. <laughs> I don't need to think about it. And plus, I don't think so. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. But I realized the longer I stayed, the more of a discount. <laughs> like you could, instead of daily, uh -huh. it was weekly. And then yeah. finally I put in, oh, I could put in, let's try 28 days. And the, the price came down again. So so it was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to take all I can. Yep. There and you I, go. Well. I, thought, I thought it would take me a long time if I wanted to find somebody say in Squim who wanted to live in Victoria and house exchange and that it, that that would be another like no no buy thing but it's also yeah. um, it's also like you know maybe my home is going to be available for somebody who can use it for smaller periods and exactly. um, yeah, yeah so it's I, yeah. it's just I'm excited you can tell oh well and I hope you know, lots of folks listening will take inspiration and do the same. Because it just—it's how thrilling to be together again. You know, we're together all the time. It's true. It's—we can be more together than we ever have been because of all the opportunities we get and the lovely workshops that are given to us and all the technological ways we can be together. But it isn't a substitute for getting to together in these ways and you know, yeah, practice together. So yeah. that is absolutely wonderful. 
So I can't wait to to be there as a participant and and serve in any ways that is appropriate. Yep. Me too. Me too, yeah. Jana. Yep. <laughs> see you in Squim. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see you in Squim and we'll just wave across the water in the meantime. Yes. Thanks Good so much. Tasha. Good night. Good night. And Janice, I cannot mute you. So if you could um, mute yourself or uh, call back in, that would be great. And Jen, that was uh, fabulous, very inspiring. I could picture Scrim as you were both talking about it, so that's great. Yeah, truly. Yep, just all here doing whatever. I mean, we have no idea, right? I mean, as, as Janice said, July is a long way off. A lot can happen between now and July, but great. We'll just be together doing whatever life has in store for us. <laughs> yes, and for me, having done practice for a while, there's a deep trust of practice exactly. and that it will be yeah. perfect and appropriate and loving and all of those good things. So, You know, and truly relaxing, Michael. Exactly. You know, as you said that, I just saw how it doesn't matter what's going on when July comes. Because yes. we'll practice with whatever's here when July comes. Yes. Right? We're, we're all doing the same thing, which is practicing with whatever's here to practice with. So there's no need to entertain or make things a certain way or make sure that all lines <laughs> up. Or We just gather and practice with whatever's here to practice with. Yes, it's beautiful. It is. And we have time for at least one more caller here, Jen. All right, great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen and Michael. It's Gabriel. Hi, Gabriel. Hey, Gabriel. Hello. Good to hear everybody's voice. It's um, such a feeling of family to hear Sangha speaking. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, that's, um, a nice, that's feel, a nice way to put it on this Thanksgiving weekend, week, isn't it? I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, <laughs> they do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, that's a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm one of those folks that um, gets a lot of conditioning, uh, conditioned voices saying, you know, that my family wasn't great, blah, blah, blah. And who knows why that is and why that feels that way. But um, I then hook into Sangha and, and to practice. And and then it, it really, uh, one of the things I've been practicing with is, you know, ego's obsession with like, it has to come from my nuclear blood family, everything that I want. And, and then I... I, I ask it, how do you know that? <laughs> and why is that true? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And here's, here's why it says that, because that's a setup for misery. <laughs> that's why it says that, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, um, it's so uh, just great to hear uh, people that are just lit up and excited about whatever it is and on these calls. Yeah. And then yeah. and it just, it really cuts through all that misery. Yeah. Yeah. And I, lo- I love that piece of it. Whatever they're lit up about, it doesn't matter what they're lit up about. It's just the process of being lit up. That cuts through the misery. Yeah. You see, the, the thing that I think eludes, uh, I, uh, when we're, eludes us when we're identified with the ego is the simplicity of it. And, and it's, it's yeah. just that whole you know, light room, dark room, lit up, not lit up, yep. and just yep. the simplicity of that switch. Um, and for yep. some reason, it becomes super elusive and hidden when, when there's ego identification. Yeah. yeah, it's so true, Gabriel. It's like we were talking about with Melissa. It's like, wow, it's very complicated. I'm really going to have to work hard to get past <laughs> this very big and serious karma. And plus, my nuclear family was terrible, so I've got that to deal with too. And oh my God, I'm never going to get. And then, poof, we disidentify, and it's completely simple. We realize none of that is true. That's all completely irrelevant. We can just be here enjoying the moment. 
Yeah, and then uh, once that's the case, uh, for those of us that that allow that or get there or are graced with that, we just project love all over the place. And now I'm thinking of my nuclear family, and I'm just projecting how great it was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these people are so amazing, and look at how they've changed. They used to be sisters, but now they're all just so sweet, and it's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It, 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 I mean, it was really. Hard. I don't know if it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, please, Gabriel. No, you go ahead. We're going to do this forever. You go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, it, you know, it's that place of, at least for me, because when we're disidentified that profoundly, there's nothing but compassion. We get why people are the way they are, and we see through to the authenticity. So that's why there's we see love everywhere. Yes, yes, and. Well, how can I say this? The 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 experience of uh, suffering and identification is so subjective, and it's so uh, like able to color the way we perceive so many things. And then once we're disidentified, that's when that whole like, well, how do you know that question comes in? Because it's almost like we are. Um, in a trance, uh, and we don't really yeah. know. Uh, we don't really know yeah. how uh, how other people really are. We we just know how we feel. And I, I I'm loving that this working with this like this is what I'm working with now, and I'm just like loving it. It's I am always only ever experiencing myself. I'm never experiencing yeah. anything or anyone else. And and that is yeah. so helpful for me to stay present and and with what matters yes oh that is really well put yep to really get that it's so helpful to stay present and to just stay here with what really matters it's so clarifying isn't it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll give one example and then I'll I'll, I'll get off because I know we're running up against the time but so um, I had this projection, you know, that the world was this sinking boat with a lot of holes in it and nobody was patching up the holes and we were all going to get sink down and yada, yada, yada. And yeah. I, I, sat, I sat with that and I was like, where is this really coming from? And then I started to look at my, my finances and I have this loan that every day accrues interest. And then I started to think maybe the, 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 the boat that's sinking is that um, I keep getting charged these uh, 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 interest fees every day unbeknownst to me. And somehow, somewhere in the back of my mind, I know that. And uh, I need to patch this up. So then I stopped projecting it out into the world. And I started to address this and stop that. And now when I look around, it's like, oh, no, my boat was sinking, and now I'm patching up the hole that I need. And now I can experience uh-huh. the world without um, having to feel like everybody else or everything else is sinking or something like that. Yeah. Oh. So to have such a tangible um, experience of seeing that it's all projection, that literally that, in this case, your financial situation was having you project a reality, but you didn't, you know, you weren't supposed to see that. You weren't supposed to see that that was a projection coming from your own experience. But it sounds like what you're saying is that was such a tangible example of you getting it that you're only ever experiencing yourself. Each of us is only ever experiencing ourselves. And that was such a great way to see that. And, and just having the tools of practice and having Sangha and Bodhidharma and Sangha really empower each of us to look at whatever it is that we're, you know, super scared of or whatever, and then we, we have the tools and the means and the ways and the community and the everything that we need to face it squarely and to um, transcend it. Well, and, you, and exactly as you describe, and it's really been a theme tonight, hasn't it? So with that, like, oh, my God, there's holes everywhere and this whole ship is sinking – you had that profound moment of disidentification where you, it occurred to you, hang on, what's actually going on here? And people have been talking about that all night on the show. It's just that moment of sitting still with it, turning towards it, being with it. So instead of caught in that flurry of thoughts and it's confusing and overwhelming and I can't, you know, all that stuff, getting here with it and then the whole thing opens up. 
Mm. I told you, great minds think alike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, and Happy thank Thanksgiving you, to you, Gabriel. All right. Okay, well, Good night. Thanks for joining us, Gabriel. And Jen, I love that line that I am only ever experiencing myself. It just uh, provides me with a great uh, clarity, and it feels like that's what practice has been teaching me. Yes, that is exactly the word, clarity. It's, yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's past the hour, and it's been a fabulous show, and I'm grateful to you, Jen, and uh, to everyone. And go I ahead. am also grateful. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and yes, very grateful for open air. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Michael. Yeah. Good night. Good night.